Welcome to Something Positive for Positive People. I'm Courtney Brain. Something Positive for Positive People is a 501c3 nonprofit organization connecting people who are navigating STI stigma to mental health resources. I didn't even ask you what you wanted me to call you. Can I use your first name or no? Yeah, you can use my first name. All right, we got Hannah here. And Hannah is someone else who completed our 12-session, 12-week group therapy program, the first one ever. Welcome, you pioneer of uh, Stigma Challenge. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm excited to be here today and excited to talk about my experience with the group therapy being the little guinea pigs. Cool. I wouldn't call y'all guinea pigs. Y'all are more like little wolverines, little ferocious, like, beasts. But yeah, you are definitely um, the experimental group. Uh, I had one group therapy session. I tested out with another therapist. Um, I didn't think that she was really in a good place for it. And I'm glad I addressed it because when I just asked her about it, she admitted that she wasn't. So um, I'm glad that we were able to fish out and find or reach out and find uh, someone else who was able to handle a more consistent workload with this because I imagine that um, this can potentially be overwhelming for people. So uh, especially as therapists, you know, and um, it's been important for me to have a therapist who also understands the um, aspects of navigating stigma themselves. So in being able to have found that, like I, based on the feedback that I've gotten so far, I feel like that was the right decision. So what do you, what do you think? How was your experience with our therapist? Um, I think it was, and I think you bring up a good point. I think it is really awesome to have had a therapist that would, has been through a similar situation. Um, I think it makes it kind of, I don't want to say a level playing field, but it just makes you more comfortable um, talking about your experiences um, along with everybody else that was in the group. I think she was wonderful. Um, and I really appreciate her spending those 12 weeks with us. So it was, it was a really great time. Yeah. So what did you get out of it? So um, I was really excited because I had never done any kind of therapy before. Um, so I was, like I said, excited to sit down and actually experience that. Um, and I think I was ready for it and at a good place with my diagnosis. Um, and I got a lot out of it. I think just being having the camaraderie of the other people that were in the group um, and hearing their experiences, you know, is always, it's, it's nice to hear someone going through something similar, but everybody was brought something else different to the table. So it was, it was really great to have all those stories and just different points of view um, and different experiences and being able to like open up and get more comfortable myself talking about my own experience. Um, was really good and I think a really good next step for my healing process. Good. Uh, how did you feel about the diversity of the group? Um, I thought it was, you know, good. Um, I don't know how much I'm allowed to like disclose about the group. Um, don't I don't want to like, <laughs> yeah. what'd you say? Just don't say names. Oh yeah. No, I'm not going to say right. names. Um, I know that, um, I think there was only, in the beginning, I can't remember if there was another guy, but there was only one male in the group. Um, but I mean, it was great to have him on whenever he would come on, um, to hear his experiences. 
uh, from his perspective. But I think it was a really good, diverse, I think we were all from all over the country, which was really cool to see um, different people all over uh, being able to come in and talk to us. But I think it was a good, diverse group. We all had different experiences and uh, brought different things to the table to talk about. And I think we all got along really well. Um, we laughed and we would share stories. Like I had, I heard a couple people, uh, tell us their disclosure stories, um, that they would like go on a date, like a few days prior to our group session. So that was really fun to hear and exciting. We would cheer each other on. And, um, so it was, it was really good. It was a nice camaraderie. And I think we all really looked forward to seeing each other every Wednesday. So it was great. Yeah. Um, were there any like key struggle points for you personally, throughout this process? Um, I think maybe starting out was a little bit harder. Um, I was very nervous to be very willing to be open because I knew that that's how I would gain the most out of the group therapy. Um, so, and I've talked about my diagnosis uh, with my parents uh, and a few close friends, but other than that, I hadn't really talked to anybody. So, but I knew that I wanted to be able to do that so I could have a successful disclosure in the future. Um, so I wanted to be able to be more comfortable with myself. And I thought that being willing to be as open as I possibly could to this experience would definitely help me grow. And I think it did. Um, so I very much appreciate that. But I think my struggles were mostly in the beginning. Um, and I was a little shy and a little like nervous in the beginning. I will say I didn't quite talk as much as I wanted to, but I would open up each week more. So um, it was really nice. We would do an icebreaker each week and it would just be some random fun question she thought of. And we would just kind of answer like silly, like answers. So it was kind of nice to get into the groove of the therapy session each week. So that was really good. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious to know about your experience with, um, this being virtual uh, and then I need to stop asking multiple questions at one time. How did you feel about this being virtual? Um, I mean, I think we all kind of were at a point where we were okay with it being this past year was the pandemic. So um, I think it was good, a good opening up for therapy for me personally, um, since I had never had therapy before. Um, it was nice to like be in my own home and be comfortable. Um, and I, you know, there wasn't really ever a time where it was hard for us to connect or like people didn't really, um, weren't able to jump on if they couldn't use their laptop or phone, they were able to just call. So that was nice, but I think it was, it was good. Um, like I said, just to have that comfort level. Okay. And now my next question, I'm glad I didn't forget it would have been, uh, about the video. Um, were you one of the people who were comfortable with being on video, being seen by other people, seeing other people who are aware of your diagnosis? Yeah, I was. Um, I I don't know why that didn't make me nervous, but I from day one, week one, I jumped on the video. Um, and I think, honestly, it made me feel more comfortable seeing everybody, uh, seeing their faces and just having that face to face interaction, um, and seeing everybody smile and like 
you know, like I said, if we had a disclosure story, someone would say that and like, you know, we'd like golf clap for people or just like, you know, give thumbs up when we weren't on our microphone. So it was, it was nice to see everybody's reaction. So I think that was actually a helpful thing. Okay. Were there any super heavy points in group therapy that uh, you'd want to speak to at all? Like whether it be um, your experience from someone else sharing or whether it be something that you personally shared that you felt may have gotten heavy or overwhelming? Um, I think, every, I don't want to say every week was heavy, but it was just nice that we touched on different topics um, from things like what stresses us out since stress can be such a big trigger for outbreaks, um, and disclosing. And I think just like every week, although like we were there for, you know, supporting each other and everything, um, it, we, we took it like seriously. So I think it was nice to be able to bring up those serious topics in a way that we still all felt safe. Um, I don't think it ever got like too, too heavy for me. Um, I did share a little about a little bit about my personal experience um, being diagnosed, but um, I kind of found out that um, everybody has a similar story. So it kind of was more comforting. So I don't, I don't think it was ever to the point where I didn't feel uncomfortable or it was too much for me to handle now. Okay. Was 12 sessions enough? Do you feel like that, um, do you feel like what was accomplished could have been done in less sessions or do you feel like there should have been more? Um, well, we were all very sad at the end um, to end it. So uh, in that way, I think it would be fun to do more. But I think 12 sessions was actually a good amount. Um, it gave us time to like relax and open up and get to know each other um, in that way. And I think we covered a good amount of t- topics in 12 weeks. I think if it would have been shorter, um, we wouldn't have got to touch on all those different things and really get to hear everybody. Um, I know like almost every week we would always spill over the hour and kind of just start talking and keep the conversation going. Um, but I think 12 weeks was a good amount of time. Good. Uh, this is a good point uh, because it's come up before too. I want to be able to offer a way for everyone to you know, loosely stay connected. Uh, so I did start a something positive for positive people podcast community on Facebook and I did it a while ago and it was just for the purpose of bringing people together. I haven't talked about it um, anywhere except for on the podcast. So it's just exclusively people who listen to something positive for positive people who are aware to look for it. So I think that what this will become is as more people go through therapy and if they want to continue to stay connected, then we'll have that space and that can be something something that I utilize for us continuing to stay connected. Um, I'm also like offering yoga classes and going to have people teaching yoga. So those are activities that we'll be able to do together. But considering that I plan on this being an ongoing thing for people to go through, um, I imagine more and more people are going to want to stay connected. So that'll be the most efficient way for me to go about it, especially if people are in a very similar space with their diagnosis or like-minded, because there's so many support groups that as hard as they are to find, once you get there, like, yay, you find all these others. But oftentimes 
it can just take one negative experience for someone to run away from seeking support and never looking at any alternative. So I don't want this to be a space where people are venting or in an unhealthy headspace a lot of the time because, I mean, we all good there, right? But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I want this to be like a healthier space. And since people are willing to take the necessary steps in their healing, I want to create an environment that continues to foster that. So um, that's what we'll do. We'll turn that into we'll turn the podcast community into that healthy uh, support space. So thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I guess uh, this is a good point, probably, for us to just talk about your story. Um, just what you were diagnosed with, when were you diagnosed and what was going on around that time. So you can just go and I'll ask questions whenever you take pauses. Okay. Um, so I was diagnosed about a little over four years ago. Um, I actually never have not found out which HSV I have. I know I have genital herpes. I do not know if it is one or two. Um, I kind of had a negative experience at the doctor's office. Um, but when I found out I had reconnected with somebody that I had known for, uh, probably more than half my life and we just had lost touched and, um, we got reconnected, like I said, and we started kind of seeing each other and it became intimate and, um, little less than a week later, I started having some issues and like some discomfort and, uh, thought I maybe had a UTI or something, went to the doctor and they said that was negative. Uh, they couldn't really tell me what it was. Um, and told me that they like, there wasn't a test for herpes cause I was afraid maybe that's what it was. Uh, so I left and a few days later I went back because my symptoms had just progressed and gotten worse. Um, and I saw a very nice doctor. She was, she, I don't want to say my whole experience was bad. She was very nice. Um, but she just kind of told me visually after an exam that I had herpes. And so she didn't like, and I, at this point, you know, I'm just, it's a whirlwind. I'm not thinking clearly. And like, I didn't even ask to think for, um, a culture test. So I went home and was just, in a pretty bad depression for a while. And I had went back to the doctor and saw my actual doctor about a month later um, to discuss being on medication and everything. And the first thing she said to me when I got to her office was what happened. And I was just very taken aback by that and was just very upset. Um, Cause she had always been very nice to me. And uh, I really liked, you know, having her as my doctor, but her tone just kind of changed tremendously. And I was just, uh, that was a rough day, I would say, to say the least. But um, needless to say, for some reason, she left her practice and I ended up having to choose a new doctor who I also don't think is very um, accommodating for people with HSV. So I'm in the process of finding a new one. But um, yeah, it's, but I would say during that time, um, that I was in kind of a bad depression slash I didn't really know hardly anything about HSV. So I kind of was just at a point where I didn't really have anybody to talk to. Um, 
a friend of mine actually does have it, but she was in a very different place with her diagnosis. And she just was like, it's not a big deal. Like, you know, you don't have to take the medicine and everything. But I was just not looking to hear those kind of things that she was telling me. Um, but I, my partner at the time, um, who I'm pretty sure was the one who passed it on to me was just very like nonchalant about it. He's like, it's not a big deal. And I asked him like, can we go get tested together? And he was just very against that. And he was like, I don't have the money. Um, and I was like, that's not a big deal. Like I can pay for you. And he still like denied he didn't want to go. Um, and I, was just at the point where I didn't know how this happened and I was just so upset. And unfortunately I just like pushed it down and didn't really deal with it face on and just kind of settled for that relationship for about two years and kept trying to push myself to stay in it because I was just afraid of being alone at that point. And when the time came that we did break up, um, little, almost over two years ago, and I wasn't upset that the relationship ended, but I was very upset and distraught because I felt like I got re-diagnosed all over again. Um, cause I was like, now I'm by myself. I have to face this head on. And that was a really big struggle for me. But, um, after kind of taking some time initially after the breakup, I just kind of decided that I needed to get better with it. And so I just kind of started what I was calling like my self therapy because I didn't have insurance at the time. And I was like, what are the things that I could do for free to try and like help me get better mentally? And so, yeah, that's kind of a, my story in a nutshell. Yeah. And what ended up happening with that relationship with the guy? He didn't want to go get tested with you, but it sounds like you were together still. Did that relationship mm -hmm. end eventually or what? Um, so it was just kind of like normal compatibility issues um, and just kind of like uh, trust issues that kind of just kind of came up again and again. We ended up living together for a year and that kind of just really brought to the surface a lot of things. And I think that deep down for a long time, I kind of resented him and I just didn't deal with that healthily. Um, so it was kind of also my fault too, but I, it was just kind of like the normal things that we would just argue about and we just realized that we weren't compatible. Um, so that's kind of what happened with that. Okay. And how has dating been for you, if you are dating at all? So we broke up in like August of 19. And I like told myself I wanted to take some time to myself to get better. And I knew I had to like, uh, face my diagnosis more head on. So I wanted to take some time by myself to not date. And then the whole pandemic happened. And I wasn't really like <laughs> dating at that time, um, just because uh, you really couldn't go anywhere. I didn't really feel comfortable dating. Um, I did reconnect with one of my old college friends. Um, and we kind of like just like hung outside his house a couple of times. And I was getting very nervous to the fact that I was like, oh, I might have to disclose to him. Um, I, I hadn't really thought about that at that point, but it ended up not working out for other reasons, compatibility issues. And I never even like brought up disclosure. 
So that was really the only time I've had dating um, since I started a new job and I wanted to make sure like I was at a good point with that. And then um, just got my second vaccination shot not that long ago. So I'm ready to get back out there. Yeah, you're ready to get back in the street. It hasn't happened yet. But I am excited. So you haven't had any disclosures? Nope, I have not. Four years? Yep. I mean, besides my initial like disclosure of when I was dating my ex, when I first found out that I had it, I mean, we were together for just over two years and then the whole past year and a half, you know, like pandemic and everything. So, yeah. So how have you been managing like with that loneliness or just, uh, I don't, I don't know what to call it. I don't want to call it loneliness. Um, mm-hmm. just because you're choosing not to date, it doesn't mean that you're a lonely person, but will you say that you've had like a, a longing for just touch and connection or what? Uh, most definitely. Um, I do miss that relationship aspect of having the physical aspect. Um, I will say that like, I think in my past that I've kind of dived into relationships too quickly And I'm trying very hard to, um, I think, center myself and be at a better place before I decide to get into a relationship. Um, So I'm trying to, like, break that vicious cycle. So, but I definitely have, and I also don't want to call it loneliness. Um, But, I mean, there are times where, like, yeah, I definitely do get a little lonely. But um, I'm just trying to, for once, take taking myself care of myself more seriously than relying on somebody else to fill that void for me. Okay. Um, and this pandemic has really offered you a pretty solid amount of time for you to do that. Hasn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I know everybody had their ups and downs this past year. Um, I ended up losing a job and started a new one and, was going through the whole horrible experience of unemployment and everything. So, but through all that, yeah, I definitely have had a lot of time to self-reflect. Um, and I journaled a lot and I think that really helped me, um, throughout, uh, getting more comfortable with my diagnosis and feeling more positive about myself. Um, and then finding like all of the herpes Instagram community that I have found through like you and Ella Dawson, Emily DePass, positive results like all like there's so many I could name but it's just like it's really been I don't want to say lifesaver but it's just it's been such a nice community to have found where there's people like me that have had experiences like me and are taking charge and doing awesome things in the community like you are um to just make everything feel so much better yeah In your opinion, what do we do to end stigma? Who is we? We as people who are living with herpes. What do we do collectively in order to end stigma? So I think kind of just having conversations like we are right now. Um, You know, bringing different points of view to ensure to like other people's point of view um, and just bringing awareness that, you know, all these different things that people might have heard about herpes um, that are mislearned throughout childhood and like educational systems. 
Um, so just bringing awareness to what actually like herpes does and just how people live with it day to day, um, all the different ways that you can relieve stress and just learn how to, you know, face it head on and be comfortable with yourself and just, you know, learning to be more comfortable with yourself as a whole. I think that has definitely been something that I have learned throughout the past year and a half of really trying to face my diagnosis head on. Um, and stigma is definitely something that I have realized more that goes on, um, in this community, unfortunately. But I think that the more we talk about it and the more that, you become comfortable with it. So you're able to have those conversations in your real life. If somebody ends up making like a joke about it or something, um, if you feel comfortable telling people like, Hey, like, you know, it's really not something to joke about, you know, all the statistics of people living with herpes, uh, whether that be one or two, like, it's just, um, I feel like that's a huge thing on how to like take down that stigma is just really just talking about it. Yeah. And the thing about stigma is that the way that it operates, we don't talk about it, but not talking about right. it allows for it to continue to exist. So there's this perpetual cycle of, yep. you know, if then where if we just completely shatter it right now, like it's it's gone. When people make herpes jokes, just be like, hey, man, that's not cool. I know somebody with herpes or I have it myself. And here's what some of those challenges are. I think people can potentially relate on that level, but obviously many won't, <laughs> mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, that's, I think really what it takes is just our willingness to have these conversations and no one's saying that you got to go outside and yell, I have herpes from the rooftop. Yeah. It's just a matter of in your one-on-one engagements, just like if, if you can share with someone who, uh, situationally deems themselves someone who needs to be educated or shared with. Absolutely. And like, that was one reason why, like, I've been listening to your podcast for probably almost two years now. And I, after finding it and like listening to a handful of them, I was like, I want to do this one day. Like, I want to like be on your podcast, be interviewed because like, I know it has helped me tremendously hearing different people's stories. I'm like, you've had all kinds of different guests on. Um, And I was just like, I know it's helped me a lot. So if I can just come on here and say something that somebody somewhere can relate to, um, I think that is just a really good impact that I can give back to the community. Um, So I just am very thankful that I'm getting to do this and very thankful that I got to be in the support group. So um, it's just been a really great way for me to feel that I have sprinkled a little bit of my herpes wisdom onto the community. Um, have you been in any other support groups at all? Um, I have not. Um, as I mentioned, like that was my first time doing like any kind of like therapy or like support group. Um, I remember, I, I don't even remember what the name of the group was on Facebook that I tried to like join over a year ago. And it took them like two weeks to like, let me in, like join the group. And then like, I just like saw like people, the things they were posting on there. I was just like, I don't know if this is really what I was anticipating it being. And I was just like, I exited it because I didn't really think it was going to be a healthy way uh, to cope. But that was like before I found anything I had discovered on Instagram. So Mm -hmm. I think it was a much better area for me to feel comfortable finding resources. Yeah. Good, good. Uh, was herpes your first STI? Yes, 
it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was also kind of like a big, like shock to me. Um, cause I had never really had anything happen to me, um, sexually in a bad way. So it was kind of like, uh, like, I don't know, just, it was a big, like crazy moment to hear that in the doctor's office. Okay. Do you feel like you have the support that you need right now from people close to you, family and friends? Yeah, definitely. Um, I feel like, as I've mentioned, I, I disclosed to a few close friends. Um, and one of my friends actually does have herpes as well. Um, and I was very like scared to, I was living at home at the time when I got diagnosed and I was very afraid to tell my dad what was going on. And of course he was very concerned. Um, and I was just like, I, I remember telling him, I was like, I just don't want you to be ashamed of me. And he was like, I'm not ashamed of you. He was like, it's, it's life. Things happen, you know, we'll, we'll get through this. And so it's just very, I'm very lucky to have that support. But like, I just remember that's how I felt. Like I was just at a point where I was just like, so distraught. My world had turned upside down. I was feeling ashamed of myself. Um, which I know you shouldn't feel ashamed, but it's just, you can't help those initial feelings. But yeah, I definitely feel like um, I have support of my friends and I actually have one of my friends that has been going through some stuff of her own and she actually disclosed to me that she had been dealing with it for a while and that she felt comfortable that she could come to me and talk to me. And so it was very nice to have that interaction um, and to be able to know that I felt I made her feel that comfortable. So it was really great. Yeah. That's good that you were able to pass that feeling on to someone else. Like as a result of your own healing and your own work, uh, you were able to exchange that dialogue with your friend who's also struggling with something that you've been going through for a while. And what I find is that a lot of times people don't really want like an answer uh, to anything. They just want to be reminded of who they were before their diagnosis. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that was kind of the same for me. It was just like, yes, I know like things are going to be okay, but it's like right now I just like need someone to like, just maybe listen to me and hear like where I'm coming from and you know, how I'm feeling and just be like, you know, this doesn't change you. Um, it might just change your outlook for a little while, but I feel like when you get down to it, like it's just one tiny aspect of your whole personality. Like you can't let it just overcome you. Um, there's so many great things about everybody, um, that, you know, people only get to know when they really get to know you. So I think it's just something that like, we all feel like it's such this big burden when, and it's like this big thing that like, we can't, you know, maybe find somebody, but you know, there's so many good things, aspects about everybody. And, you know, you have a good heart probably, or, you know, you can make people laugh. You're good at this or that. So it's just, you know, it's just one tiny little aspect about your life that eventually you'll, you'll be able to, to face head on. Yeah. Compatibility. So that's what I'm hearing here. I'm hearing that you have other aspects of your identity and ways of being compatible with someone. I think that we put a lot of emphasis and energy into the disclosure process and how am I going to tell this person that I'm on a date with and blah, blah, blah. We don't even think about how to offer up or ask them things about 
the near future that would be way more impactful on how you interact with one another than one person's herpes status in the relationship. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like going back to when I was on a date with an old friend of mine, like I was so nervous, like I could hardly like think straight. Like I was like, I'm going to have to disclose. How am I going to do this? How am I going to bring it up? What am I going to say? Like, how is he going to react? Like all these different things. And it was just like, we kind of like found out like, we weren't compatible, just like there wasn't that spark and there wasn't just like um, that initial like feeling. Um, it was great to like see him and like reconnect, but like you never know, it could be anything from just simple, that initial like feeling of liking each other or um, it could be something about like, I know with my ex, like uh, the comp- a huge couple combat- compatibility things was about like kids and like dogs. Like I, I have a dog. And we lived together and he got annoyed about the dog was like, I don't think I can have any more dogs. And I was like, I really don't think that'll work out then. So just, I mean, it could be about anything. Yeah. Um, I think that is it for all of the questions that I have for you. I'm just curious. Do you have any questions for me at all? Oh, um, I, can't think of anything good. on the spot. Um, that, means I'm doing, that means I'm doing a good job. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, I'm glad to hear that you are planning on uh, continuing the group therapy, like you mentioned. Um, so I think that uh, that is a wonderful thing. I think I did get a lot of uh, good experience out of it. So um, I'm excited to see where you take it in the future. Thank you. I appreciate that. And um, is there anything else that you want to leave us with or maybe for uh, maybe you have a message for someone who's on the fence about going into group therapy or someone who may feel like, oh, I don't need this or maybe they're coping another way. Do you have any advice or just words of wisdom as someone who's gone through this yourself? Yeah, um, I would say the biggest thing is maybe just try to stay as open as possible. Um, Maybe you don't feel that therapy would be good for you or you're really nervous about it. And I totally understand that. I was very nervous too. Um, I know there can be stigma that just goes along with therapy. Um, And I think that trying to heal however you can is great. But if you feel like maybe you have hit a wall or a standstill in your healing, um, just willing to be open to new experiences and you never know, it could be a really great experience. Um, and just being able to keep that open mind and being willing to share, uh, with other people, I think therapy is a really good option. Um, and it was my first time, like I said, so I think it was a really good experience and I did learn a lot. Um, I, I think I progressively got more open So uh, I feel like it really did help me get to a new spot in my healing and my journey. Um, So I think it was just a really great experience overall. Good. I'm so happy to hear that. And I'm hoping that um, we can get more interest because um, I'm curious for you, what made you decide, yes, I'm going to do this? Because, and here's why I'll give you the context first. I think a lot of people think that it's herpes therapy. Um, and while herpes is what got you here, judging from the conversations I had with everyone else, like it wasn't completely centered around herpes. Um, boundaries came up, 
uh, values and self-worth and um, just just like you mentioned, even camaraderie. These are all things that came up. And I think that for this to be offered and put out there into the world, um, I don't want to give people misrepresentation of what's actually happening here, but it is kind of one of those things that you have to be there to experience. So I struggle to put it into words because I've not gone through group therapy. I've gone through individual therapy. Um, I'm actually going to interview my therapist um, and talk about my experience, and hopefully that'll be uh, supportive of the selling point. But I'm just curious to come back to asking my question, what was your final push that made you go, you know what, I'm going to do this group therapy with something positive for positive people? Yeah, I definitely... It was definitely a different experience than what I thought it was going to be. But initially, what got me to be like, yes, I think this is right for me, um, was just being, first off, being where I felt like I was in my own healing. I felt like um, that could potentially be something that could bring me to another level um, and a better place for myself. But I also, just listening to your podcast and just knowing... um, that you were trying to bring nothing but, um, you know, good into the experience and just making that, um, area a safe place. Like I figured, you know, I trusted what you were trying to bring to the table. So I just thought that it would be a good opportunity for me. Um, and just being like, yeah, I want to do this. Um, I feel like it definitely was a little different than what I was anticipating, but in a good way. Um, because I feel like if it was super just like herpes centered, it might've not, I might've not got as much out of it, but yeah, just talking about different things like values and the boundaries, like you said, um, and different things that like are triggers for stress and all the other topics that we talked about, um, were great things to look inside yourself and see where you stand on those things because they're all very important. Um, I think I've also struggled with boundaries throughout my whole life. So that's also something that like I'm trying to get better about um, before I enter another relationship. Um, So I think talking about those things and bringing them up with other people and also, you know, also relating it to herpes um, was a great way to talk about it without talking about it. Um, And of course, like, you know, we would talk about different things that, were directly about like our stories and everything, but it wasn't like that every week. So I think it was a good mixture of everything. Good, good. So would you say that after you get your second shot that you're going to give dating a second shot? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, that was great. I hate I myself. That corniness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Yeah, I am excited to get back out there and put myself out there and um, just let my personality shine and, um, you know, hopefully find someone that, like, I feel comfortable enough um, sharing all my experiences with and making sure that, like, we're compatible on all other levels as well, not just the fact that, like, I have herpes. So, yeah, definitely. All right. Well, I thank you so much for your time. I thank you for your commitment for going through that because it's so easy for people to just say they're going to do this and then not do this. There's no 
commitment involved with it. It's just you send me your email address and then you're on the email to get the link to therapy uh, and you either show up or you don't. So I'm so pumped that you stuck with it. You were consistent. Um, and yeah, you definitely have contributed to the inspiration to keep this going. And thank you for also allowing me to document this exit interview so that people are able to have an inside look of what um, something positive for positive people therapy, group therapy is all about. So I appreciate you, Hannah. Thank you so much. I appreciate you, Courtney. Thank you. All right. That concludes this episode of Something Positive for Positive People. Please like, rate, review, subscribe to, and share this podcast, especially if you got something useful out of it. Please consider leaving a donation for us to continue to support our group therapy efforts. You can do so by visiting www.spfpp.org. That's just the acronym for Something Positive for Positive People.org. You can donate via PayPal, Venmo, Cash App. If you want to write a check, go for it. You can drop off cash at my apartment, whatever works best for you. But everything is helping us continue to make these progression steps forward into getting people access to these resources as soon as they're diagnosed, rather than them having to navigate the challenges of finding them and maybe coming across something that turns them off from continuing to seek resources. Till next time, stay sex positive.